Hey guys, um, welcome back to the show. Today's been kind of a rough day, so instead of skipping an episode, I'm just going to play uh, an old episode of my buddy Trevor and I having a good old conversation. Um... Sorry that there's no new content, but uh, I'd rather leave you with something than nothing. So I hope you all enjoy, and I hope you're having a better week than I am. I'll update you guys on everything next week. Uh, it was just kind of rough. Bye. Okay, so welcome back to another fucking episode. I probably already said that in the intro, but... We got another fantastic fucking guest on today. One of our, uh, hopefully reoccurring, at least, uh, coming back for now guests and Trevor Tires. So thanks for coming back. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Um, obviously we're doing this stuff all super safe COVID COVID regulations and whatnot from our house. So if the audio is a little funky or anything like that, uh, my apologies, but go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Let's see, you were just telling me uh, something about you didn't like a certain type of people, something with a J, I think was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, J Jason's. I just can't stand people named Jason. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan of the J-mans. Um, no, but what you actually were just telling me uh, was that you take fucking calls. Oh, don't let me forget. I need to write that down. But that you take calls in the bathtub, like your morning calls are in the bathtub. <laughs> I just want to, yeah. for a quick, like, debrief of why that's beneficial to you, uh, as well as, like, any awkward moments that have come from that, uh, I'm all ears for that. Yeah, of course. Um, also, as I need to say, um, anything I say or express in this uh, podcast slash interview, they're solely my own. They don't represent any corporation or company that I currently work for, but... Yes. That being uh, so, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get into. I meant to actually said, set you up for that, and I totally forgot. But I also figured that since we were kind of getting away from that, that it wouldn't be necessary. But yeah, I'm glad you did. We're talking about taking company calls. I mean, yeah, true, true. <laughs> where I where where I take them is vital to our company's secrets. No, so I was I was talking to RT a bit before, and yeah, if I have a call scheduled for anything earlier than uh, nine a.m. Arizona time. Um, I am usually going to take it from the bath. Like, uh, if I have a call at 7, I'll wake up at 6.50, go run the water. Really hot, of course. The hottest it can get. Which is and interesting. Then... You want to prune up and fucking be, you know, all shrivelly. So I think, as you were saying, I think the reason why I do it, and this is not, like, something I've dived deep into. I've dived into it a little bit, like, humans' responses to water and stuff. Right, and... you kind of mentioned that on the last episode a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But for me, the biggest thing is it's not even that, like, water touching me makes me more awake. It's the fact that I hate doing calls before I've been ready for them, and I refuse to wake up, like, early I refuse to, to wake ready. up early enough to be ready, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm off work at the end of the day. Like, I'll do my personal security stuff and my fun tech stuff, uh -huh. but I'm not gonna I'm not going to do work stuff. Well, last um, time we did talk about, like, polar plunging, why do you prefer the hot over just fucking dousing yourself in super cold water? Because apparently it's supposed to wake you up, like, instantly. Yeah, so I've heard that it's better, but the reason why I like the heat, personally, is uh, 
you ever heard of ASMR? Yeah, unfortunately. So, ASMR is not only verbal, like people speaking or sounds. Right, like water there's noises like, and stuff there's, too. Yeah, there's tact, uh, tactile. Tactile ASMR. There's sens- sensory ASMR is like a spectrum, right? So for me, something that like gives me the shivers and like makes me really like focused and kind of relaxed is hot water. Interesting. Yeah, so I'll run it over my hands during the day, and then, like, you know, I have a foot washer that I put my feet in uh, for, like, the bigger ones, and then, yeah, for something like uh, 9 a or a 7 a.m. meeting, I'll take it from the bath. No shit. Yeah. I thought you were then... going to say take it from the back. That was funny, but <laughs> I, I, um, um, I fucking, I loved it. I didn't realize, like, you were saying that, like, no matter what you're doing in your day last time, like, if you're doing a meeting, there's water involved, basically. It's, yeah. So it's not going to be, like, every single meeting. Like, if I have a longer one or maybe one that's, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 or something, where like, right around lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll 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 do it just sitting at my desk or standing and walking around. But if it's at the beginning or the end of my day, like most most likely I'm taking it from the bath. And my coworkers know this too. Like I've been on a couple meetings like early in the morning where my buddy David will be like, "Are you in the bath right now?" And I'm like, "Yeah, don't talk about that though because we're at work right now and that's you're going to get written up by HR if you ask me if I'm in a bathtub." There's been a couple of times where some bathroom noises were made and everyone in the discord call just goes tyler are you pissing right now and it's like uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so, it's it's fucking very distinct noises that only come from the bathroom so i get where your coworker is coming from a bit <laughs> yeah. um that's so fucking fascinating i wish i could just sit at work um in a you know a water bath for my feet all day rather than oh to be order that I mean if I could load samples from the bathtub that'd be fucking ideal obviously might get dead arms a little bit or like drowsy arms whatever you want to call it but still mm-hmm. that would be lit I honestly I haven't taken very many baths in a while like especially having Tyler in the house like it's just oh it's only that more much more awkward but also we're two dudes so that bathtub in my eyes is just contaminated even Yo, you, after i clean you, it if you can't bathe with your homie are you even <laughs> really homies <laughs> oh yeah that so was just... actually gonna be my other question is do you do this tub thing nude or you put on the bathing suit like fucking happy gilmore or... Nude is the day. Nude is the day I was born. Wow, um, interesting. Let You're... me let me explain how this started though, because I <laughs> okay, think that yeah. <laughs> that's probably fair. So, and this is also a very weebish answer. Like, so feel free to poke fun. <laughs> um, so I broke when I broke my arm back in May. Uh huh. Um, it was pretty much I couldn't shower for nine weeks. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So I know a lot of people, what they do is they wrap, like, a trash bag around their arm, and right. then they, like, they hold it up and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm super lazy, yeah. so I don't want to do that. Well, what also, did... most people don't have bathtubs is why I think that's a common answer. Yeah, that's true. It's just I live in an apartment. I've never been in an apartment without a tub. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, they got kids yeah. and shit. That makes sense. Okay. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, what I started doing was I started, like, showering the Japanese traditional Japanese style, which is like a couple inches of water. I'm guessing. No, no. so you have like a bucket, oh. 
this is how they do it. This is not how I did it. <laughs> I was gonna say. You have a your whole bathroom is a giant shower, and then you have a bathtub. So like what you do is you turn on your shower, you let the water run over you, you sit on a little stool, uh-huh. you clean you clean your entire body, and then once you're done with that, you turn the shower off, you run a bath, and you soak in the bath, and then you're out. What's the point of the soak? It's just cleansing. It's nice, refreshing. It's part of like a you you know how some people put on lotion after showers yeah. or they like yeah. So it's just you know that's just what they do. Nice. So what what I would do is I would turn my shower on, hang my left arm out so that it wasn't getting wet. I would wash my entire body, and then just to kind of like feel better about the whole thing, I would take a bath. <laughs> and then I had to do that one morning, and it was a very stressful call. And I realized that I was doing better on the call because I wasn't. Like oh, hung shit. hung over and sleepy, I was just hung over, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, let's do this." Oh, so shit. like, yeah, ever ever since then, like like I, I was telling you before, uh, I have a seven a.m. call every Monday. I take that call every single Monday from the bath. I don't do it every day, obviously. Like it only happens maybe once at at minimum, once at most three times a week. So you aren't so. even taking a bath every day a week, regardless of the calls. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, okay. if I don't have any calls or anything that I need to do before or after work, then I, I don't take a bath. Cause... Hey, no judgment, man. Homie likes to take a bath. He likes to take a bath, you know? Well, my, my thing is, like, it's just a little boring. If I'm not, like, Word. Mad, mad at someone at work, like, I'd rather be in the shower where it's a more active activity. Well, I have to imagine, too, that there is some kind of um, neurological advantage to being in a meeting and also being in your birthday suit. I think uh I actually would disagree. I think it's a disadvantage. Really? You think you're more yeah. self-conscious a little bit? I think just and this is obviously I'm not like a psychologist or sociologist, but I think that because of the way we're taught about our bodies mm-hmm. is that you should be ashamed of yourself being right. naked. Right. Yeah, yeah. That being naked is a mentality you bring into meetings. It's actually the same reason why people who laugh and or people who tell me on a serious note that they're going to do a job interview without pants on, I always tell them to wear pants because it doesn't matter if they can see you're wearing pants or not. Your like body and mind will tell you that you're not wearing yeah, pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might not be that you're bad, but if you slip, it's like that it's like that 1% of your brain that's like you just fucked up and also you're not wearing pants. <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, that little bit is enough to push you over the edge. So yeah, even if you're doing like a video interview where someone's only going to see like your chest and above, still mm-hmm. wear some pants, you know. That's so and interesting. So while that is a firm belief of mine, um I'm also like kind of unabashful about it because yeah. You know, I always check my webcam and stuff, and I never play video at work and blah, blah, blah. But also, like, I don't care. If, if if somebody accidentally saw me naked at work, the worst thing that would happen is if they reported me, I would probably counter with, well, it was an accident, and I'm in my own house during a pandemic. Like, right. We can't, there's not a whole, like, I wouldn't do this at work, right? Right, like, of course. This isn't at work behavior. This is just, I'm at home. and And also, like... To be super fair, I have diabetes feet, which diabetics, if you're listening, you'll know what I'm talking about, but my feet get uncomfortably cold. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it does help me work, is the fact that, like, my feet aren't cold. You don't and, have like, to concentrate feet... on it. So it's 74 in my house right now. My feet are freezing. Yeah, I can I can relate. 
My house is 78, uh, and my feet are cold, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, imagine if your feet weren't cold and you had to do a meeting right now. You'd be like, oh, okay, I'm in. Right. I but at the same note, and now I'm just playing devil's advocate because I totally agree with that psychology that you're bringing up, but I feel like they're, like how you said, bringing the naked body energy into a meeting anyways, I feel like you're almost nipping that in the bud by being naked, if that makes sense. Like, there's, uh, like, obviously, like, imagine everyone in the meeting is naked to relieve some anxiety, which I don't think works at all, but... Um, <laughs> I agree the fact that you're kind of taking that out of the equation as in like the nightmare where you look down and you realize you don't have any pants, you know, you don't have any pants on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it's, it's some kind of confidence with that as well, maybe, but like also the people who are super stoked and proud of their body, I'm sure are also probably not really suffering from that. I wouldn't think, you know, like the Matthew McConaughey's and whatnot being like, fuck yeah, I want to be naked. <laughs> talking about, uh, talking about my boy uh william oh why am i blanking on his last name shatner no 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 the guy who is in um boondock saints william defoe defoe i literally was just yeah. talking about that guy that's so funny apparently Green word Goblin. on the street is yeah william defoe's dick is so big that in movies where he's naked they have a hard time fitting his face and frame into it shut up Dude, swear. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm not bringing William Defoe energy into it, but <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. It's kind of like exposure therapy, you know? It's like, yeah. If you're scared of being naked, the best way to do it is in the privacy of your own home and then talking to someone where you know they can't <laughs> see you or hear you or like interact oh with you. God. And like, you know, you build up from that generally. I am on the like middle ground about it. I don't really like, I don't want to be naked in front of people. I, that wouldn't be my first choice. But if I was naked in front in front of somebody, I don't think I would, like, panic about that. I wouldn't panic about being naked. I would most likely panic about why. Right. Like, why am I naked in front of these people? Was I, kidnapped? <laughs> was I kidnapped and thrown into the street? Well, then I don't give a shit about being naked because I'm worried about being kidnapped. You know, Damn. That kind of Wait, so are you a really good lucid dreamer if those are the types of questions you're asking? Actually, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I have no idea why you said that, but yes, actually, I did a lot of like lucid dreaming practice. And... Well, because asking why in a dream is how you realize that you're asleep. You look at your watch and there isn't time, and you go, "Well, that's funny." Uh, or that's you ask, "How did I get here?" And if there's no explanation for how you got there, you're dreaming. Yeah, yeah. So... Actually, you know what? You're right. So yes, um, it's funny you say that. I actually do the finger counting. Which is if I can't count to five or something like that? No. So like Or you uh, count your fingers and it's never five fingers? No, it it that can happen, but what it mostly is, and bear in mind, like I'm actually like pretty decent at lucid dreaming now that I don't practice anything anymore. It was actually a really fucking crazy journey to get to the point where I could lucid dream. Really? But the way that yeah, the way that I started was for no reason at all, I would do one, two, three, four, counting with my thumb to, from my index to my pinky, and then I would stop and ask myself why I'm doing that. And I started trying to do it so randomly that it legit ended up being that I was in a dream one time, and I, like, tried to count my fingers, and before I even finished, I think I got to, like, two, and I realized that I was dreaming. Wow. And then I had my, I had my first lucid dream. And uh, What know, did you do with I, it? Ah. Uh, it's what exactly what you expected. I realized I was lucid dreaming. I tried to fly. And it worked. Up. No, it worked. 
Okay. And then my next thought was immediately like, I want to see some breasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I did. Yeah, okay. Very similar. Very similar. <laughs> conjured an attractive woman. She showed me her breast. Wait. And the, it worked the, for you? I had to go find a lady. So the <laughs> second, but the second that I touched her breasts, her flesh melted off and she became a pile of robot parts. And then I woke up sweating. Whoa. So that was, yeah. That was my very first lucid dream. And, like, I've had really intense lucid dreams since then. Like, ones where I've, it's actually been, like, I've only had two. That's the thing I want to tell people that are listening that might not <laughs> know about how lucid dreams work is of the, like, probably 50 that I've had, only two or three have ever been the playground where right. I'm able to, like, do exactly what I want. It's never going to be like that every night. Like Yeah, I say... I, I've almost never experienced that, I feel like. The only thing is the flight, and then I can't yeah. even fully fly. It's like, oh, this barely even works. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, yeah. going up, like, 30 feet into the air and then just slowly falling back down <laughs> to Earth. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Honestly, I hate to admit this, but I feel like a good, like, 80 to 90% of my lucid dreams are... I know that I'm dreaming right now. I can't do anything, and it's actually making me a little scared because I dream a huh. lot about. I dream a lot about horror, though. Like, because I watch a lot of horror movies and I indulge a lot in scary things. Makes sense. So, like, you know, it's like a dream where I'm in a haunted house and there's like a piano and some. I can see like a small demon girl behind me, and I'm like, I know I'm dreaming right now, but I can't wake myself up. So this is kind of fucked. Wait, so it's kind of like a night terror in a way. Uh, actually, so that that's the thing that's interesting is I never had issues with um, night terrors or sleep paralysis until I started trying to lose. Oh, fuck that, yeah. dude. Okay. So the, the first experience I had with um, like uh, terror after learning to lose a dream was I was in an old, old house with uh, my first roommate and. I was laying there, and, like, so this is how it happened. I felt sick, went to my room, I laid down. And I'm, like, laying there trying to go to sleep. I had my eyes closed for a while, and then I felt that urge to throw up. Wow. But it happened so quickly that I started throwing up straight into the air. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I started throwing up straight into the air. Nothing was touching me, though. That's 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 the first thing that clued me in. And then the second thing that happened is I threw up for about... 30 seconds straight like nonstop. and nothing came back down on you yeah and i realized that i was lucid dreaming i was lucid dreaming myself throwing up from uh the same thing that that's Jimmy fucking Hendrix. wild okay and i woke up choking and i was like so scared that i i didn't really sleep well for the next week and i wondered if i should even keep doing these things Ooh. my personal opinion is no like just enjoy your dreams when they come if they don't that's fine but like if you want to try to do like you know, your astral projection, which is just dream hallucinations or, yeah. your, you know, you're loose dreaming, go for it. But just be safe, you know, like, <laughs> I'd recommend doing it next to somebody. I've had some cool dreams, don't get me wrong, like, doing army battles and, like, conjuring things from, like, Dungeons and Dragons. It's cool See, as hell. It's sick just, as like, fuck. It's just, like, three out of the 50, <laughs> to keep in mind. And <laughs> most of the ones are like, I know I'm dreaming right now. I can't do anything, so I guess I'll see you when I wake up. Right. Oh, you want to hear my favorite one, though? Yes, please. So, uh, this happened one night. I watched, um, I won't tell you what I watched until afterwards. Okay. <laughs> so, I watched a movie, and I went to bed. And then I'm laying in bed, and I wake up. And it's my exact room, just very dark, uh, 
and I look into the corner of my room, and there's just this black shadow. And, like, I can tell that there's a woman there, right? Okay. And she has long black hair and, like, a black dress on. And she starts walking towards me. Creepy. Now, that night I watched The Ring. So I, in my mind, immediately when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm uh, lucid dreaming right now. I just need to wake up. <laughs> yeah. So the thing you can do when you're, like, having sleep paralysis or lucid dreaming that works for me uh -huh. is manual breathing so try to tell yourself to start breathing and because your body is going from a parasympathetic to a sympathetic process sorry if i got those terms wrong it's been a while since i've been in biology hey um, i'm just glad that you use <laughs> those words uh you're you're gonna like start breathing on your own which should in worst case scenario means that you're not doing it so you'll cough and wake up or at best huh. case scenario you're gonna start breathing on your own and then wake up normally so what was happening was this demon woman is coming towards me, and she's trying to, like, grab my leg. So I'm kicking her. In my dream, I'm, like, kicking her. <laughs> and then I got woken up by my girlfriend. She's like, why are you fucking kicking me? And I'm like, oh, man. I started kicking my girlfriend in the legs while she was asleep. Oh, I that's she was asleep fucking <laughs> hilarious. Holy shit. That's just a good-ass fucking story. And obviously, uh, you didn't try to employ any breathing or anything like that that time. No, that time I was, like, figuring – so that was, like, one of the first times I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, how do I make myself breathe? Oh. Kick this, kick this woman. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah, like, most of the times that I have been lucid, the the first thought is flight. The second thought is, like, oh, where's where's the girl? I need, I need to fuck something. And then – but, like, I've never been able to just be, like – blink of an eye there it is like that has never happened to me before but also i haven't really done too much practice with this and i also think that like smoking weed for as long as i have has just contributed greatly to me not uh having too intensive dreams with the lack of rem sleep and whatnot but when i when i did quit smoking for a little bit there and now on weekdays when i'm not smoking like not only do the dreams seem to last longer or i just remember more of them i guess but it's also like way easier to tap into that and like that those are usually the times when i'm able to be like all right let's fucking go and like i remember one time i like was spider-man and like i was just like this is the fucking coolest superpower in the goddamn world <laughs> But, like, obviously, you know, like, everything when you're experiencing it is the dopest shit in the world. <sighs> dreams are fucking to... tight, dude. Dreams are really cool. I remember one of the things I liked when I was a lot younger, um, and what I mean by that is not when I was a lot younger. What I mean is when I was a lot more optimistic was I read a quote that somebody had said once that was, uh, do we dream because we sleep or do we sleep because we dream? Yeah. And, you know, it sounds really deep, but when you get down to, like, biology, we dream because we sleep. There's no real reason to dream. There's, like, psychological outlets for it and everything, but, you know, doesn't amoeba dream? We don't no, know. yeah, we definitely don't. don't need to dream, if that's Dogs the question. Dogs definitely dream. Oh, right? for sure. That's very Cats evident. definitely dream. Hamsters, probably. Humans, obviously, dream. We talk about our dreams a lot. Um, right. Also, something that I thought was interesting somebody said to me once was, Dreams are really boring to listen to. Yeah. If you don't have if you don't have two things. One, a decent way of telling a story. Right. And two, context. So like 
if I told you that I got jumped, you would immediately feel sympathetic for me. But if I told you I got like carried off by a group of eagles, you're like, well, that can't happen and will never happen, and it's never <laughs> happened to me, so I don't care. And it like becomes a boring story for me to tell you about why these eagles were scary. And you're like, I don't care. Well, that's so, like storytelling 101 in the first place, anyways, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why I think. The interesting thing is, like, one of my favorite movies, it's goofy as fuck, and I don't admit that it's a great series, but, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm, mm -hmm. So, A Nightmare on Elm Street is based off of a real thing that happened to a group of immigrants where the men in this group started dying in their sleep the for, fuck? like, no reason. Of All of them of heart failure. Sleep so, apnea. It very well could be. Most likely it was something like that. But Wes Craven heard that story, probably had a scary dream, and woke up and wrote The Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger. No shit. That's wild. Yeah. So, like, and he directly uh, credits that as, like, a big, huge inspiration for Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's like, I love Nightmare on Elm Street, and I think that, that that's kind of what it boils down to, right? It's like, can you have a scary or wild dream where you tell it in an interesting way? Like, Look at all your favorite movies and stuff. Like they're based off of drug trips or dreams. True. Or something somebody thought of while they were like on a swing and drug trips and dreams sound interesting. Being on a swing doesn't, but when you realize that like fucking James Cameron thought of Avatar when he was like on a swing or something like that, you're like, wow, that's crazy. Are swings that good? Like I've been smoking <laughs> weed this whole time. Should I be on swings? Is that where the dopamine is at? Fucking A. Maybe I just need to get high in the fucking air on some chains and a fucking seat. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like, where where does creativity spawn from? I think that's an interesting question. Well, dude, I think the the fact, uh, or not the fact, the uh, concept of Nightmare on Elm Street is so good because it does kind of uh, trigger like such a um, unknown, like, un, like, well, like, we've kind of diagnosed it, but, like, when that movie came out, no one was thinking about dreams, you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, a very uh, scary thing. Like, I think the fucking yeah. nail in the coffin with that one, dude. But, like, and that goes with, like, space travel and stuff like that, too. It's, like, so fucking interesting because we just don't know. Yeah, but I also think one of the reasons why, and I call them the big three. A lot of people might disagree, but I'll throw it out there. Living in America. Um... I think the big three horror icons, which, in my opinion, like, I have a very intimate relationship with horror. Yeah. I, I consume horror. I love horror. Horror is my favorite genre. Watch a lot of horror. The big three, <laughs> Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. Um, and the fucking uh, Halloween Texas guy? Chainsaw. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Um, That's what I was going to say Leatherface. First. Yeah. Leatherface. So, like, Freddy Krueger works off of dreams and sleep. Yeah. Jason Voorhees kind of works off of, like, sex and sexuality. And then um, Leatherface kind of works off of hunger and food, mm. which they make a lot of sense until you realize that sleeping, like, shelter and food and sex are the three, like, primordial yeah, things dude. that humans desire. And that's why I think they're really popular. And, like, Michael Myers, the reason I don't include him in the, the like, OG3 is a lot of people would replace him with Leatherface, which I totally agree with, because it also kind of works off of, like, um, repression, but I think that he's, a like, a culmination of all three. Right. So, like, he's an outcast from society in, in all the ways that you can imagine. And so are the other horror villains, but yeah, those but three are, like... Yeah, just primal. pulling from the yes, exactly the primal needs of humans is so fucking 
like yeah. oh, I don't even know how to put it into words right now, but like well, so when you punish something that's primal, it's almost like like immediately the scariest thing you can imagine, right? Cuz if you look back, like the biggest biggest thing that any living creature wants to do is stay alive. That's why birds don't approach you even though they see you giving them bird seeds. Right. It takes a while for cats, like stray cats, to like you, right? It's not because they think you're gonna like have sex with them or whatever, which is fucking weird. Right. Fear of uh, life, it's, though. Fear it's, of death. It's because they're scared of dying. So the first primordial fear is death, and mm -hmm. that's why all horror is based around death. In my right. opinion, there are some really good modern horror movies that are based off of like social stigmas. And yeah. Mental health. Like, yeah. The, the Babadook is a really good uh, movie in oh, the fact fuck that... fuck that movie. Well, if you think about the Babadook as in it's not a woman and child fighting a monster, it's a woman fighting anxiety and depression right. to not be the monster. Very interesting you story. You come out of that movie so different. You're like, <laughs> oh my god, like this woman isn't fighting something like corporeal or something that she can actually deal with. It's Something that will never leave her because it's a part of her. It's mental health issues, right? Um, and it's real yeah. life, like that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not that there's a monster in the basement. It's that she has a monster buried deep down, which is her basement. And you're like, "Fuck me! I just wanted to watch the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for this." But I mean, uh, you make a great point though that like um, the ones that do pull on like uh, social stigmas and the like mental mental health stuff those those usually are pretty good too i agree yeah like i really enjoyed get out and us from jordan peele their movies about um both like identity issues for us and then you know obviously uh like representation of black culture and black lives in america like right uh really really solid i i i loved both of those movies i thought us was a little worse than get out because you know get out felt really personal us felt personal but also like i don't know didn't have that he's only made two movies yeah. right so when you try I to compare shitty. them you're like <laughs> i haven't even seen either one though for whatever reason and i love those guys they're both really good you know like and i talked to a lot of my uh black friends um also i'll throw this out there I do apologize to anyone who's listening that is black that doesn't agree with me saying that, but I have heard from a lot of my friends who are not white that they hate the term African-American more because they're just Americans. It doesn't matter what color they yeah. are. So they'd rather have me say that they are my black friends than Agreed. African I think so that's uh I think that's, that's the, the social I'm uh what is it called? The the word that's acceptable, the accepted vernacular. I'm pretty sure that's uh good yeah, to go. Sure is saying black um, but yeah i just wanted to throw that out there you know if you want to call me a white boy i would not think it's a race issue i'd just be like yeah no you're right i've manis is too spicy for me I well i mean th <laughs> that is a good and bad argument only in the sense that calling a white guy cracker most white guys don't give a shit about being called cracker but there is a fucking you know meaning behind the word that is still shitty you know yeah no totally and like but not not to derail it too hard, but yes. So like I I will say my black friends. Um, if anybody disagrees, if anything, <laughs> fuck them, fuck dude. It. No 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 no. Not fuck them because their opinion isn't wrong. Let me know. Tell me why that's a wrong thing word. Leave it in the fucking <clears throat> yeah yeah yeah. I I get that. I I would way rather hear why it's not okay to say that than somebody just tell me I'm a fuck boy because I know I'm a fuck boy. Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> anyway, 
um, you why I'm a fuckboy. <laughs> so a lot of my uh my black friends said that uh the sunken place, which is a really critical part of that movie, so well represents a lot of their feelings that they have when dealing with white people. That really? like yeah, it resonated with them so hard that like they sink into themselves and become someone who they are not just to appease a white person they're talking to. Specifically the cops. They didn't say the cops, but I could tell they were talking about the cops because fuck the police. Yeah. But uh sorry for any police that are listening. Um <laughs> I hope there's no police listening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh like I respect like I I work for I worked for two cops. I call one of my cop friends every day to chat with him, mostly because I have to because he works with me. But right. yeah, my other cop friend, good dude, they like are good cops. I know a lot of people say all cops are bastards, and I'd agree with that. It's just these people quit the force, so they're not cops anymore. So I can call them good people. Because they couldn't afford, they they hated the way it worked. Yeah, right. So it it's like fucked up I, system. I, regardless, I don't think all cops are bastards. I think you have bastards in training that never learn to become bastards. Mm. Right, like. Well, that's I think my biggest gripe about the whole situation in general is just the fact that the training is so so lackluster and so minimalized that there isn't very much. Um, like effort put into after the fact that they have the job, they should probably continue training as well as like, um, like refresher courses and stuff like that too. You know what I mean? Like all of that, I think is what really would make that whole system so much fucking better because like, I mean, and I just heard this on fucking Joe Rogan, which if you listen to this podcast, I have never shouted out Joe Rogan's podcast cause I don't listen to it very often, but the one I was listening to with Jocko, I think it was, was he was saying just like along the lines of like, get these guys fucking trained so that they're not like quivering when they get into a real fucking situation. Because like all of the training that SEALs and like uh, the heavier Marines, I guess any of the branches really, um, they fucking like get that shit out of you. you. Like they scare you shitless to make you fucking sturdy in those fucking uh bang bang moments. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're ultra space marines. Which shout out to the forty k fans that are listening. <laughs> it's just like uh. Also, I will train say, more. You know, train more. Anyone who's listening that doesn't subscribe to the podcast should definitely because. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, I cannot think of another podcast that goes from how lucid dreams impact your life to <laughs> fuck the cops faster than this one does. Bro, so, uh, and this is actually like, the first – This is <laughs> thank you, thank you. This is like the first conversation piece that I've really had on here, like where there wasn't any type of script or any type of real like hard questions being asked, and uh, I – I got to say already with, you know, 30 minutes or whatever so far, I'm digging the shit out of it. So, again, I attribute that to you and I's chemistry. I think uh, that goes a long way, of course. But, you know what I mean? I might fucking try to do this a little bit more often. Every every time I try to do a solo podcast and I don't have a script, it goes terribly. But this seems to be going great. Although, you know a lot of interesting little tidbits about things, and then I somehow have studied some of the things that you have studied, so it works pretty well for me and you, but... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, it even makes sense coming from a purely, like, 
psychology background, right? Because podcasts kind of work off the idea of para para relate parasocial relationships. Okay. So like a lot of the reasons why I'm invested in podcasts, and this isn't to say every everybody like i know there's a lot of stat nerds and everything out there and not to say that's a bad thing i'm a stat nerd myself just for other things but like parasocial relationships are one-sided relationships where it's me and you talking and me and you having a good time and somebody listening in and like they feel like their input is super validated because they feel happy about it but in reality like we we recorded this days ago right right and i think that's great i think parasocial relationships are healthy because it allows you to express yourself in a very safe and comfortable environment yeah a lot of the ways that i learned how to do and we talked about this a little bit last time but like a lot of the ways i learned how to do social engineering was actually through uber drivers Mm -hmm. which is a pseudo parasocial relationship right take an uber that person is never gonna see me again so i'm gonna lie to them to see can I convincingly tell someone that I'm in medical school? Right. Can I convincingly tell someone that I work at McDonald's. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm telling them. Can I do it convincingly? And can I have the biggest thing is can I have them ask me questions and be able and to answer? Exactly. Yeah. So like, parasocial relationships are super critical to human growth. I think, especially because we do it through TV. We like we've done it since we were children. Like, right. Bubbles it's- and powder puff and. Uh, <laughs> It's just much more personal now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I love, you know what I mean? Like, But I do, I agree with the celebrity that says that they think it's weird that um, like someone can walk up to them on the street and know literally everything about their life and they haven't even met them once before. Yeah. Like, that's got to be weird as shit. Yeah, and like even the other way around. Like, it happened uh, today. Let's see if it's just trending on Twitter. It is not, but... um. One of the most hated YouTube people, Logan Paul, mm-hmm. he came out. Great said, guy, great motherfucker. I love. The- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, just to catch you up, I don't know if you heard Harry Styles. I haven't heard any of this, by the way. Harry Styles put on a dress and appeared on the cover of a magazine. Cool. There's been a divide. Is that that is bad for humanity because men shouldn't wear dresses it's not manly and he's perpetuating this like soft soy boy stereotype yep or the fact that he wore a dress and he's comfortable enough in his own skin and like doesn't care about the majority right to say i'm harry styles i'm gonna wear a dress on the cover of this magazine power to the individual exactly so there was an podcast that logan paul did and if if anybody isn't listening that knows logan paul is like one of the most hated people on the internet he's done a lot of really horrible shit i don't condone him i think that he's growing as a character look up suicide forest if you don't know that's case in point boom exactly 100 percent um i think he's growing as a person he's 25 he's still young like i'm fucking 27 i'm turned 28 in less than a month but uh, we'll figure out what I'm like when I'm 40. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so, like, they were both on an interview, and Logan Paul took the stance and defended the fact that Harry Styles wearing a dress does not threaten masculinity because it doesn't work that way, uh-huh. right? Like, masculinity and femininity, or feminine and masculine energy or feminine masculine presence is what females and males make of it. So... 
me personally, just to let everybody know my belief, I think that wearing a dress is arguably the dopest thing men can do. Right. Like, so it, it started strength. with the kilt, dude. It was a power yeah. move. You wear no, a no, kilt. It, yeah. It started way before that. Way back in the day. Um, little boys and little girls, they all wore dresses. Oh, really? Yeah, they all wore dresses until they were a certain age. Interesting. It, wasn't, it arguably was not important for men to not wear dresses until the Industrial Revolution. Wow. And uh, uh, I don't want to quote this as sounding somebody who's like way out of context, but also please, you know, look this up for yourself. In, in, involve yourself in history because I think it's really important. But from the way that I understand it is that Men and women, little kids, they wore dresses because they were easier to make and they were more comfortable and, you know, you didn't have to worry about them as much until you got the opportunity to get a job. So uh, when you were 12 or 13, what was your job? It was churning butter or something along those lines, something that didn't require a lot of physical effort, which a lot of which women would take, or working in a factory where a small cut in your dress would, like, fuck your shit. Yeah, yeah, you could die. literally die. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it wasn't that they were sad that you died. It was this, they were they were sad they lost a worker. So they started making everybody wear pants. So, like, industrial revolution, and not to say this is strictly a Western thing, because obviously everybody nowadays has, a, like, indoctrinated the They fact figured that, it out, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, it's it was a natural evolution of that, is that, like, men don't wear dresses simply for the fact that they have to, like, go to factories. And it's like interesting. It's brutal. It's it's kind of crazy. Well, um, like what said, was the know. what was the? I mean, I, I don't know if you know the history, obviously, but what was the fucking benefit for everyone to be wearing dresses back then? It's just breezy, easy breezy no, cover girl. No, well, like I said, it takes less material to make, and I oh. think that's prob that is probably the biggest one. Is like, uh, you can even see this a little bit in nineteen. 40s and 1910s america but holy like, shit um back then i think the trend was still that you know men and women children would wear dresses um but no not the 1940s uh, you just made me realize something crazy that i don't know if i have realized before but it's still blowing my mind the fact that the guys who are making panties are just destroying with their profits i'm sure yeah, like, for sure. There's literally no material involved in that, and they charge fucking thirty, twenty dollars. You know what I mean? That is fucking Dude. insane. This is so like this is the shit that like okay, uh, rough opinion. RT, edit this out if you don't want it in there. But um, if I could, I would. But yeah, you're raw. <laughs> uh, there are some like aspects of being a female that I think are so egregious that it's really hard not to be like pro female anti male on them. Like, Ex give me an example. So here's the biggest one that like I've heard so many times and I've never disagreed with. Could you imagine if you bled out of your asshole? Oh yeah, yeah. We're... And someone charged you so much money to just buy something to plug it up. Yeah. It's like that's fucked. And you just brought up another really good point is the fact that like their underwear are designed to be as like minimal as possible as sexy as possible and they mm -hmm. charge an insane amount for them yeah and it's like that it, 
if you told me that in any other context, that's fucking extortion. I'd be like, you're talking about 1933 mob mafia, right? And you're like, right. that's today's underwear for ladies. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, that's extortion. That's extortion if I've ever heard well, it. Well, makeup that, like, too, dude. Makeup is a scam. Oh, dude, yeah. It's like, hey, do you want this bat to shit on your face with a little bit of ink? And you're like, yeah. It's, it's How much does it cost? Oh, fucking a thousand dollars? Put it on me. It just sucks that, like, you know what the thing is, and, like, this is something I fundamentally agree with, is we set standards, and not to say there are not standards for men, trust me, I 100% wholeheartedly believe there are ridiculous, outrageous um, standards for men, but I think those are more, like, physical, like, death-based than women's monetary one, where we're in a society where I'm an engineer. I can be fat and still probably get a girlfriend. It's like, girls have to try really hard to be hot, and if I had to try that hard, I'd be so mad. Well, the counter you know, to that... <laughs> what, what? I was gonna say, you know if dudes had to wear makeup, that it would be cheap as hell. Oh, word. Same thing like, with the tampons sure. and all of yeah, the birth no, control. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um... What what even was I gonna say? What did you say before that? Holy shit! I was talking about how like male standards are more like work and death. Oh driven. right, and so well you didn't say work, and that was all I wanted to clarify is that uh, a big a big thing for man is to be you know like or at least uh, colloquially is to be the provider and whatnot. Like that's a pretty big pressure that guys have on them. But oh, yeah. I'd say for the most part, yeah, you can still be you know a fat CEO. And I think we were talking about fat CEOs last time, too. That's kind of funny <laughs> that that phrase is getting brought up again. But, um, yeah, you can still do that. And, you know, that's what always pisses me so off about society is you see these guys, dude, who are fucking terrible human beings from the core of their being who have these goddamn delicious look. And that's a terrible word to use. I'm sorry. That's fucking the worst word it's possible. Pretty, pretty bad. Uh, just beautiful, beautiful women. And it's like. I mean, hopefully they're not all together in the head is what I'm thinking, these women. I mean, again, terrible, but, you know, I'm a misogynist. Fucking kill me. Actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the opposite stance. If anything, I hope they're right enough in the head to realize that, like, they they're just taking advantage of something. Hell yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm in it. If there's going to be dumb males that can only be CEOs, I really hope they're dumb women or smart women. That can <laughs> okay, only yeah, no. I was like, exactly. Because okay. that's the balance, right? It's like, if you have a lot of dumb men that have a lot of money get some smart women who are like i just have to have sex like once or twice a week just to get a fat right stack. but wouldn't the More wouldn't power to the them. smarter thing and don't get me wrong that's the funniest fucking anecdote i've heard in a long time but uh wouldn't it be smarter if the 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 power and the money were in one place regardless of if it's male or female you know what like I don't know. That's a very hard question because I, I often wonder that myself. Like, yeah, I feel I like that's a pretty deep uh, philosophical one because that's kind of the situation we're in now with uh, humanity where men's making the decisions as well as uh, like doing all the thinking behind the decisions. I should have led with that. But um, I, and I think we're kind of shifting more into like, let's let the women kind of think about this shit a little bit. But like... I don't know which one is necessarily better or which one I would prefer to have. I guess we haven't really seen the other model except for like in school and whatnot, but I don't so know. I think, you bring, I think you bring up an interesting point with that though, is that 
is there a better one? Fuck. Word. Uh, so, yeah, women, that's a better question. Yeah. In my opinion, if history was the exact same way, but every gender was swapped, it sounds so similar. Instead of having Pol Pot being a male, you'd have Pol Pot be a female. Right. Like, humans are humans, and we have faults, and we have issues. And those will never go away, regardless of sex. But I think, like, I think maybe we talked about this last time, but I... <laughs> I only really prefer to see, like, female specialists. So my, all of my, like, my endocrinologist is female. My current primary is female. My current therapist is female. Oh, like, same, actually. I mean, not I, consciously, but I did prefer that, yeah. I prefer female specialists. Why? And I've thought a lot about this, and trust me, like, it's been a very hot issue on my mind for a long time, is why do I prefer female specialists? And I had, to ask my, I had to ask myself this tough question. Do I only want female like professionals because there's an opportunity for sex? And I realize that the answer to that is no. Right. The reason the reason why I prefer female specialists is because there's an opportunity for vulnerability. Is because I feel like males have to sh hide their vulnerabilities so much that when I go to a female doctor, I don't feel bad telling them that I ate three cheeseburgers instead of <laughs> one, right? Like, because they understand emotional vulnerability. You know what's weird about that, too, is, like, uh, I'll take it a step further and make it personal. Is like, I am totally fine with telling a girl about, like, um, like sexual mishaps that have happened in my life. Whereas me telling one of, uh, like, any of my guy friends, I'm like very sheepish about it and then if like i'll leave out most details and maybe embellish some details like to try to sound better but with a girl it's like i'm just gonna be as honest as fuck about this whole entire situation because i i can already feel the sympathy coming in as the words are coming out kind of thing you know what yeah. i mean like Dude, and you know what's you know what's fucked is that it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to tell your boys about your weird ass right. wiener. And that's why I but hate like... the no homo statement. <laughs> the no homo statement is so fucking terrible and homophobic. Them. It's the yeah, most no, homophobic real. shit ever to be like, I can't even tell you something without justifying that I'm not gay before it. You know what I mean? Like, it just blows my mind that that is a fucking thing nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... no, it's so fucked. It's like insane. It's it it's even worse for the fact that like you know what I like sleeping next to somebody if that's a male or a female I don't care I like sleeping next to them right like to it's cuddling I, right yeah I, I would like to sleep next to my best friend who's my friend Rocky you know like and I would love to sleep next to my girlfriend it doesn't matter like I want to sleep next to somebody not because I am sexually attracted or like anything like that but just because I appreciate that emotional right have, oh, see here's a good example have i ever woken up my girlfriend to look at a penis with me at three in the morning no have i woken up my best friend to look at a penis with me at three in the morning hell yeah and it wasn't a male penis i was watching a documentary at three in the morning about transvestites no no no. i was watching a documentary about elephants at three in the morning next to my best friend and there was this shot there was a shot where a bunch of females walk by and this one male walks by and his dick is hanging to like his ankle <laughs> and i had to wake him up i'm like rocky wake up you have to look at this penis with me i'd never do that oh i want to be that God. i want to be that open plus like friendly with you know my male counterparts. yeah it's so fucking hard dude and i've I like it. And, 
I've been <sighs> learning that I should say now that like uh the group I guess is more like interactive on Facebook and stuff like that and now finally Discord like I finally got like Michael Ray and Jordan at least to like frequent that kind of stuff a lot and yeah i could just tell very quickly as soon as i start talking about anything personal the tone completely shifts and it's like yeah we're not here to talk about that shit and it's like motherfuck like you guys are the closest friends i have like i dude i i saw something today that like it resonated with me a lot and it's that if and and they said homie to be totally non-gender focused right male or female but they said if your homie says yeah i'm fine i'm just tired they're not physically tired. That motherfucker needs a hug. Give Word. that homie a hug. Word. Give that homie a yeah. hug. Even if it's dude on dude, girl on girl, and you taught your whole life that that's not okay, give that person a hug. Like, yeah. Embrace that person. Because you never know. That could be the thing that saves a life. That could be the thing that just changes a day. Like No, I've, I've ugh, definitely been a victim of telling people I'm just tired. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God, it's so bad. But, I mean, like, it's just straight up fucking depression, basically. Dude, you know to, me, I mean? that's, to me, that's not even a, a, an American issue. That's not a male or female issue. I think that's oh, a no. human issue. Yeah, 100%. I think that that is a human issue is we don't want to burden others. So we just say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired. Well, that depends on your upbringing. Bringing. me and you i think are very focused on i don't want to burden people whereas uh some people grew up and that's how you show people that you love them is that you you know what i mean like get into the fucking nitty-gritty of things whereas you know like for me i'll speak for myself now it's like everything is very hands-off like you do whatever the fuck you do and like if you need something go get it kind of thing like so the the example that i'm really pulling from is like dax shepherd and chris and bell like uh, she'll ask him if he wants water and he's like no I don't need you to get me any water you know what I mean and then it's like uh, whereas she grew up in a household where it's like I'm gonna do these things to like show that I love this person he's like I've been fucking getting water this whole life because if I, uh, my whole life because if I didn't it's like a sign of weakness and so like that could be a very um, you know what I mean person to person thing I do think the majority is in our favor at least in uh the last couple of decades of people growing up i don't know the fucking names obviously but like you know after the boomers it's like parents weren't very much around so i think we're definitely in the majority um but to go back and actually kind of uh circle back into that i wanted to ask um do you think that you prefer the female profession this is just an armchair theory is uh the fact that you did just grow up basically with your mom like i did because that's kind of like where I think it comes from and like why I gravitated towards talking to women mostly on like the like playground and stuff like that is because I just felt more comfortable around it. Also, I grew up with a bunch of fucking women. But like, what do you do you think that that has anything to play into it? I know that you mostly hung out with fucking guys, though. Yeah, so for a little bit of context, uh, grew up with two brothers, dad and a mom. Never had any sisters. I never had any I don't want to say meaningful because, uh, you know, not to bear the load or anything, but my only female family member, uh, she was an unfortunate victim of suicide at a very young age. Oh, very so. unfortunate. Well, how the fuck do I not know any of your history? I thought you guys grew up with your mom and yep. did something happen with your dad. So, no, like, uh, obviously, anybody who's listening, um, childhood and representation of that is not always static between everybody else right everyone's got a story 
the way it was in my household is my dad worked and my mom did the nurturing. Uh huh. And I actually felt exactly bark, 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 bark. <laughs> I felt Sorry. more like no, it's fine. I felt more connected to my father in a lot of ways because. Like, my mom would yell at me for my grades or school or whatever throughout the whole week. But then on Saturday mornings, I got to wake up with my dad and watch na- nature documentaries or sci-fi. <laughs> Naked girls is what came out of your mouth? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, Freudian slip. <laughs> no, nature documentaries or sci-fi. And, right. like, what are the two things I love right now? Or have yeah, loved my Yeah, for real. Life? No, 100%. It's, it's animals and it's sci-fi. And where did I get my love for horror from? I have no idea. But, like, it's in there somewhere, right? right. But... Why do I prefer female professions? I think, honestly, it's because I was grown up always told to like those things. Interesting. Because when when I was growing up, at least, um, if every representation of a male that I saw was hard, it was tough, right? and it was like death and kill. And if the only time I really wanted to like go out and interact with somebody was when I needed help. So what were the other representations I saw? I saw female nurses. I saw right. like female therapists. You know, I saw females being bastions of humanity and salvation. Yeah. And if anything, you know what? Like the most unfair thing I think to come out of propaganda. It's not actually like intended propaganda. Maybe it's just kind of like learned and institutionalized propaganda. Is that we have like men have a job growing up it's to be successful and have money women have like 80 jobs growing up yeah it's like they gotta cook they gotta clean they gotta know how they got this ring to quote cardi b it's take care of a baby exactly they have so many more jobs than men have that like it's i hate to admit but i feel like that's the reason why is i fall into that trapping is still to this day for as much as i want equality regardless of gender identity is if I want somebody to help me and take care of me and make me feel safe and comfortable, it has to be a female because they give off of that aura to me, you know? Like, yes. I've never seen a man that I thought, like, you're going to make me feel safe. Right. Well, have you ever had a male people. console you? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I've ever had that experience where a, a, a like positive male role model like, sat down with me and was like, dude, you're going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of shit. Like, I don't think I've ever had that before. So that's the thing is, yes, yes, I've had, but it happened too late. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I got my first open friend when I was 17. That's 17 years. Yeah, that's a lot of development. 17 years of institutionalized women are your bastions. Men are your fighters. Mm -hmm. So, like, honestly, I think things are going to sway in both directions. Right now, we're way too skewed into male domination. I think before we can get to equality, things have to skew into female domination just a bit or just a lot. I don't well, know. I'm fine with that as long as it's just not like an emotional domination because I think that is what is making society so fucking crazy right now with like all of the like gender politics and stuff like that. It's like. Yeah. Do you really need to specify that your five-year-old is non-binary at preschool? You know what I mean? Like, I I get that it's like, um, especially in LA, you know, like uh, a lot of parents like do want to make sure that it's like we're not, you know, pushing any gender on our kids or whatever, and that's totally progressive and fine. But the fact that the school system is like, let us know at five years old, 
you know, what you're thinking about this is, like, kind of insane to me. And that the fact that people are getting hurt because I'm not using the proper pronoun, I think that's kind of pushing the limit, too. You know what I mean? Like, No, I, I think you're 100% right. And, in fact, I think in that aspect, we're shifting more into the unreasonable than reasonable. And where we need to meet in the middle is stop asking parents or children what they think their identity is at fifth grade level right yeah like no five years old five years old preschool don't ask that question it's so nuts if if you're a parent and you want your kid to be they them that's fine call them they them when they go to school have people regular and like make normal the fact that they them is completely neutral right they them that's totally fine whatever when they turn 15 and they're having like both puberty issues about identity and like sexual issues and pressure and everything, then they can say like, "Hey, I'm not a they them anymore. Right. I'm a fucking he. I'm a she. This is what I identify as." And I think that's also why we need to normalize things like men wearing dresses. Is because I'm not gonna lie, there were a lot of times I pissed my pants when I was in the fourth grade Ames test. If I had a dress, I would have been a lot easier to deal with than pants. Like <laughs> word, yeah. Holy shit! Like I want. I want they, them, and, like, normalization of items to not be insane. Mm -hmm. Because some of the best uh, interior decorators and, like, house designers in the the world are men. And some of the best, like, strategists and military operations people in the world are women. And it's like, we fought so long to make sure that women take care of homes and men take care of nations. That when you actually cross those fields, you realize that, People are good at making homes, and people are good at making nations. Right. We should not identify what their sex is just because, like, that might make them better at something. Um, wow, this got real deep real quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, I, I love think, it. I think we should take gender out of objects and things and put it more into like you're a, like I hate to say this this way because like I for one think that like just because you're a kid isn't a good excuse for anything like oh that's a kids movie it's not good but it's made for kids it's like no make kids movies good but also like you're a kid you don't need to know your identity you don't you need to figure things out right like human life is adaptation and learning Mm -hmm. so the more we can give them that opportunity and say like you know it's okay if you like this set of genitals over this set of genitals who cares what set of genitals do you like right well, because so, I mean, Dr. We're... Drew's example is, like, he fucking uh, pushed no uh, he or she onto his kids. They have three kids, both boy and girls, and they went to the store, let them loose, and they both just miraculously went to the, the girls went to the girl objects and the boys went to the boy objects. Obviously, there's, like, outside stimuli that could go into effect with that, which he says all the time, but, like, just the fact that it is kind of, like, where, like we kind of fit in i guess and obviously that's a very small sample size just fucking three kids but like it's still you know what i mean like i i think at least in my case i probably would have done the same thing um whereas uh maybe my nephew who um seems a little bit more feminine maybe he would go for the dolls you know what i mean like i don't but like I, what you're saying is more of like the packaging, though, right? Like, don't brand it to be for females. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. I, my, my thing is like it. It honestly kind of stems from a lot of uh, trauma. Not trauma. I'm not gonna say trauma because I don't think this is trauma. I think that it's an impact that it had on me, definitely. But um, 
when I was in kindergarten, uh, we had two options for playtime, mm -hmm. which was we could walk up these little stairs and read, or we could stay down the little stairs and play house. Okay. That's and... very, very symbolic. Dude, for real. <laughs> This was also, keep in mind for anybody that's listening, this was a kindergarten in 1996. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. So, like, this is, like, very, very young. Or, sorry, 1998. This is very young. This is, like, before we had a lot of political, like, adversariness with gender identity. Yeah, and no one matter. gave a shit in the 90s still. Exactly. Um, But, yeah, so what did I choose to do? Well, I wanted to play house. Why? It's because I liked doing that. Right. I didn't like reading because I had an issue reading. So what did I want to do? I wanted to play house. I wanted to make things neat and orderly. Right. I wanted to pretend to cook food. You know, I wanted to hang out. But what always happened was the fact that, like, if I was doing something that was literally not, like, <sighs> hard to say. I don't think my kindergarten teacher had any malice. But I think it was just her ideologies at the time, being an older woman in the 90s. Yeah. Was she always told me that my role in the house was always to be the issuer. I was always the person who issued orders. But it's like, it fuck. okay. That's fucked. <laughs> We're gonna get into something a little strange for like, I don't know, however long you want to talk about it. But like, I was always accepting of it because I realized that she was the one giving me orders. And I started getting this fetish for women with power. And I'm like, oh, huh. yeah, I'm into teachers. I'm into female bosses. And, like, it still carries on to this day. I'm into powerful women. Right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, into, I'm, I'm into women dominating me. And why is that? It's, oh, okay, it's, okay. It's probably because as a kid, I got yelled at for not being manly enough. And I'm like, oh, yeah, tell me I'm not manly enough. <laughs> It's fucked. It's like, dude, that's how young it starts. I'm yeah. not even joking. No, 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 Anyone not at all. Anyone yeah. who thinks this is funny is like, I'm not even joking. Well, it, it is funny. It is funny, but work. yes, obviously that, I mean, yeah, that's fucking, those early stages in development, you, not only do you retain so much, like the, the obvious saying that your mind is a sponge, but like, um, you also like take life lessons from like, yeah. like role models at that time. And it's like, Shit like that will definitely stick with you. Like, I think my, like, uh, call it sex trauma, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you would call, what you would just describe. So don't let me uh, uh, put that down at all. Or, like, by calling it sex trauma. I'm just saying, like, my, my shit was probably around five, six as well. So it's like, yeah, I mean, very early, dude. Like, super fucking early that kind of stuff can affect you. So, yeah, I guess if you are, you know, a millennial or younger parent, just watch the sex shit around your kids. Or don't say things are naughty, because that creates a whole nother fetish that... <laughs> well, it's like, so that's my thing is, too, like, I have to struggle every day with... Not every day, obviously. I don't think about child... Well, being in security, you know, sometimes I have to think about child pornography and exposure therapy and whatnot like right. a few days a week but um well, you have to think about that what do you mean you have to think about that it's it's a tough uh okay so it's like there's there's always going to be one percent of my brain when i see like a link or a file or anything on someone's computer that says am i ready to see child pornography oh like, word right, like 
this person's been investigated. They've been detained. Their computer's been isolated because of some malicious activity. Like, even if it's like Sonic the Hedgehog dot fucking HML, it's like if I open this, am I going to see child pornography? Right. There's always one percent of my brain that has to be ready for that because that's that's just an honest thing that has to happen. <sighs> and like, yes, I have to see that. That's and crazy. It's, it's a scary thought, mm -hmm. but like, and I've seen it before. I'm not gonna lie to you. Right. I've seen it. It's disgusting. It like makes my brain hurt to even think about right now. Um, yeah, it's fucking terrible. But yeah, so it's like, I think one of the things that humanity will evolve into, not in 2025, not even in 2055, I think that eventually we're going to figure out how to talk to our children about sex and sexuality in a comfortable way. Because it's so critical. Could you imagine if you tried to avoid talking to your children about eating until they were 16 or 13. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Right. Could you imagine their brains developing with this raw, primal need? And, like, not to even exclude asexuals. If anything, include <laughs> include asexuals because it's the opposite. Could you imagine trying to tell a kid who never had to eat that they have to eat because it's important to their life? Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is going on, right? So, like, learning how to express ourselves to children will never be easy because they're not intelligent like we are but learning how to do it i think is important oh we can teach our, we i'm can not teach saying our... don't do it and sorry to cut you off oh, yeah. i'm not saying don't do it i'm just saying like with the toys and the the physical act just try to keep that stuff away from your kids as much yeah, no, as possible it's, it's, it's rough as hell to be honest this is like one of the harder things that i think humanity has to overcome yeah before we colonize mars and like, you I'll, even I'll kind of brought this up last time you brought this up last time how like sex is the one thing that's kind of crippling at least the states for the most part you know what i mean like um we we have this negative stigma towards it and i guess we're coming full circle with this whole being naked thing that like um just people in general in the states have such a like grotesque like i don't want to see anybody's body unless they're fucking beautiful like kind of mentality which is fucking yeah. insane because like which I don't think needs to be said, we are all fucking people. You know what I mean? Like, just because, um, bad example, Jennifer Aniston, good example. Uh, I said, I was thinking Pamela Anderson, which she's a dime went piece. All the, went all the way around. <laughs> also, probably, probably fair to not call women dime pieces, but you know, Dude, you know how it is. Again, I'm the misogynist here. I can say what I want. <laughs> she's attractive. She's super attractive, and yeah, even beautiful. I'm learning I should probably cut Ixnay on the beautiful thing because it's so, like, uh, attach, attachy. But anyways, like, the fact that those are the types of, like, people that are allowed to show their bodies off is fucking ridiculous. Well, that... let, me hit me, let me hit you with this question. Yeah? Do you subscribe to anyone on OnlyFans? Uh, I did for a little bit, but not anymore. Why not? Uh, well, because, A, I felt like my phone was being compromised just being on sites like that. Alright, you know what? You you touched, you tickled my fancy with the word compromised. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> and then, also, uh, like, it felt dirty. Like, I, uh, well, uh, also, I brought up last time how I was spending money on stuff like that. I don't like that at all. I never used to do stuff like that until... 
all of this fucking depression started happening after losing this uh the girl that i was with um i was just like fuck it i have this money i might as well just throw it at these women to see their breasts have sex whatever the fuck it was and just like didn't like the scam of it all where it's like uh you're paying money for a girl's only fans and like bella thorne she's not even showing tits i'm like all right well fucking a, i don't want to do this also OnlyFans has it to where just because you're subscribed doesn't mean you get to see the things so you have to pay more to see the things don't like that kind of stuff at all like anything where i feel like i'm being taken a ride i usually back away from as quickly as possible well let's let's take it back just just a step uh, also sorry to take control but do it do it quick question let's say you had a good female friend like somebody you've just shot the shit with for two years you know you you guys are good friends she has an OnlyFans where she's naked yeah would you subscribe to her would you pay her to see her her support oh to see her naked wow while understanding that what you're doing is both for support and sexual gratification would that have any conflict with you I don't think so. I think uh, for the most part, any, like, well, I only feel confident in saying that because this kind of came up with this girl I was with where we were breaking up and she was like, can you delete all the pictures of me? And I was like, what the fuck? What? Why would I do that? And then it's like this whole conflict came up of like, well, if we're not together, why would you be doing that kind of thing? And I was like, why wouldn't I be doing that? I don't know. So, like, I guess, yeah, I, I do kind of have, like, a mental block towards that. And if it was a close friend, I guess, I don't know if it would really change. I've never really run into that situation where it was someone I knew, no news face on the screen. I don't know how to properly say that. But yep, yep, yep. I, I, don't, I don't think I would have a problem with that. Damn, that's, a, that's an interesting – you actually hit me with a brick wall right there. Why As I was listening to you, because I was like, if I had a friend that had an OnlyFans, but I dated her for, like, let's say a year, mm-hmm. and she's like, delete all my personal nudes, I'd be like, no, these are mine. Exactly. Like, but also, I... <laughs> respect so that, the woman, right? So, like, it's no, all about respect. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, is that I'm greedy. Like, yes. I would never show those to anyone, because no, they're same, mine. Same. They're mine. Like, I will covet those till I die, and then burn the evidence yeah i but, haven't shown anyone any of the pictures any girls have ever sent me before i could also understand where she comes from where it's like but this is my business like i need to not have this get out and you're right. like right <laughs> you're like you're like smeagol with the ring you're like these are mines <laughs> well it's like okay so another thing that kind of plays into this is if i start talking to a female i'm gonna delete all of the stuff that i had before so now you're a prime spank bank material. I don't want to just get rid of the spank bank. You know what I mean? Like that's well, dude. If your spank, if your spank bank isn't filled already, like you got, you got to get some more, some more bank. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like not just the mental space, obviously, but I, I do need to work on that as well because porn has fucking ruined uh, a couple of experiences for me, unfortunately, which oh, I'm very I... open about. Like I've, I've been soft two times, maybe three times. And it was also, the any, most embarrassing. Any, any dudes that are listening, uh, two things. Don't watch a lot of porn and yeah. expect that to be the same way. Also, another thing, don't drink a lot before you hook up with a woman. It's not going to make you last longer. It's going to make you knock it hard. Drink and a lot? Be, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, oh, it's, alcohol. 
exactly. I was thinking water. No. I was like, no. what? Drink a lot of water. That'll oh. be good. I'll over Kelly on a bit. Yeah, two <laughs> rules. Literally two rules. If you if you want to hook up with someone, don't ruin your mind with sexual expectations from porn because it's acting. Oh, and dude, two, it's gotten me so much, man. Dude, it's gotten me. I think it gets every dude. I think, you know what that makes you a good partner is when you realize it's sex or porn. Sorry, not sex. When you realize porn is acting is when you yeah. kind of realize. Like, don't, okay, this is for all my female viewers out there. <laughs> I don't know, maybe all one of you that are listening. Don't goddamn blaster man 9000 on a clitoris. Don't do that. You're right. Don't, don't fucking do that. Do <laughs> soft circles. Because if all you do is blaster man 9000, you're going to get blue balls and an angry text message the next day. Yeah. So just be chill. Like, calm it down. Yeah. Well, some girls, dude, and this, we're bringing it back to jo Dr. Drew again. Some girls, uh, like, are overly sensitive, and some girls are undersensitive. So, some yeah. girls need to be blasted. You know what I mean? And that's why you gotta ask. Be like, hey, do you want me to, like, uh, super soaker 9000 this thing, or do you want me to, like, chill a little bit? You know, like, <laughs> maybe super soaker 7. <laughs> it's fucking 2000. That was a good model. Also, I I uh I apologize to any female listeners. You know we're not. Yeah, I'm not being serious at all. I'm just joking. Uh, what were what were we talking about before that though? I feel like we were talking uh, about something. Oh man, I oh think the we brick wall, the brick wall brick about wall, yeah. constitution. Brick so wall. Uh, <laughs> and fucking Trump. Um, I like I get rid of all of the previous stuff, and so if if what I have is you, I'm not going to delete that until the next person comes along, I guess. And yeah, I guess that's probably just not fair to the girl, but it is also the first time that that has ever come up where, you know what I mean? That was actually a problem. Yep. So I feel like we're maybe a little posed on this, uh, mostly because I don't. Because you respect I... women. <laughs> no. Get get the fuck out of here. There's a lot of ways to respect women. Um I personally I don't keep pictures as mementos, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I I keep memories. Like uh I'll, oh. I'll I'll give you an example that's a little egregious. I got head in a car one time and like every time I see a car BJ, I think about that girl. And I'm like Right. You know, you're you're my jam for tonight. I'll think about that, and I'll come, and then you know, feel bad and go to bed. And well, I don't think that's you. illegal by any sense of you know, no cheating. Anything, that's that's normal because in the opposite position, she should think about that time I went down on her in my bed, and she left to go fix her truck. Like right. Oh, she, sorry, I was thinking these were two different people uh, that you're thinking person. about. Yeah, right. Okay. That makes more sense. She went sense. down on me in my car, and then, like, a few days later, we hooked up, and, like... You we were just thinking about up. the car sex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we met at a, a fucking Postino's, and... Like, Posted I went down up. on her, her truck. She, like, came, hopefully. You know, I, I Who can't... Who knows? Really yeah. Uh, sometimes, but, like, yeah, no. <laughs> she texts me. She's like, hey, that was good, but I'm gonna, like, take this off my phone. I'm like, I already took this off my phone. I, I have the memory, so... Mm -hmm. The... But then again, for, then again, for me, you know what it is. I feel like it's greedy. It's like if you don't leave a lasting impression, then I can like remember it 
well, to myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, you want to talk about greed. Um, I have... Oh, and you're also getting a little bit of feedback, I should say, before we oh. really continue. If there is a way to fix it, it just started happening. Just thought I'd let you know. How's that, how's that going? Uh, much better, much better. Yeah, much better. Cool. Um, so there's, like... uh, What was I fucking about to start saying? God, my... Oh, that I have terrible memory so the, the fact that my memory is terrible i have a hard time holding on to those things unless they are like a life-changing sex experience so like i have um i've remembered the very very good ones that have happened and i've also remembered the very very bad ones and sometimes the very very bad ones is what gets me into these uh impotent situations you know what i mean it's not even the porn at that situation i'm just thinking about another time that i failed and couldn't perform that it happens again and it's like how the fuck like the last girl i was with was very very attractive there should have been no reason ever there honestly should never be a reason even if the girl isn't attractive you're about to get fucking sexed you know what i mean like you should be chopped chopped up and ready to go. But, like, the fact that I was just way overstimulated with what the fuck had happened before, that it just Dude, it I can, got uh, the better of me. I can give you an honest answer. The last... God, I hope my girlfriend never listens to this podcast, but the uh, <laughs> last two girls that I hooked up with, um, mm -hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't up to snuff to perform. Like, yeah, it happens. And I... Ground. I believe did, most did, of it is porn. Did we did the jam? Like, uh, but I lost, I lost my erection both times. I've oh, never so during, not erection. before. No, during. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, we I've, I've had that happen. I lost, I lost my, I lost my erection. With or without a rubber, fact, if you don't mind me asking. Uh, with a rubber. Okay. Well, so yeah, the, that's the only girl I've ever had sex with without, without a rubber is my current girlfriend. Got you for the podcast. Um, Got you. <laughs> no, 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 for real. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh shit, that's um, tight though. Yeah, no. Uh, like yeah, no. Uh, it was it was rough. It was like me and my current girlfriend. We broke up for a little bit, and there were two girls that came into my life, and both of them. It's just like. I, I hate to say it this way, but it was like six thrusts in. I just cave up. I was like, oh, no graphic. <laughs> I don't care. It got soft. It got like a noodle worm. Right. One of them was a trooper. The other one was not. I've had that awkward. happen once. Uh, but the 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 time that it did happen halfway through this session, I could honestly blame the girl. She was like all drugged up for whatever reason. She came over on drugs, and then when she got to my house, she was like, "Do you have any?" like alcohol or like pills i was like bitch do you even want to fuck me right now like what what are we even doing so i i completely lost interest and then she was just ragdoll so it's like I, it didn't seem like she was in it like it's fucking a corpse is what it really felt like and that's fucking way too graphic than i want to be but um <laughs> um uh fuck i did have something i wanted to say uh previous All right hit me with the uh end game podcast stuff the end game podcast stuff what do you mean Hot fire Q and A. Hot fire Q and A. Well, you already did the hot fire, the rapid fire. I I appreciate you fucking wrapping up the oh, whole shit. fucking podcast right. though. But I mean, I do have well, it's one. Been, uh, it's been an hour and a half. I just didn't want to keep you on long enough. I dude, I have shit I have to do too, and I just don't even want to do it right now. Also, no, no, no. like hey, hey, hey. do you think? Also, I totally, totally appreciate you letting me postpone this. Um, I didn't realize it until yesterday, but depression had gotten the better of me. Hey, man. 
to give you an honest answer, depression got the better of me the last uh, two and a half weeks. Really? Yeah, like, I didn't realize it, and I was telling my therapist, I was like, yeah, I, uh, I've been getting really comfortable with, you know, like, just kind of sticking to myself, leaving my phone, like, on the other side of my room, and just kind of, like, hiking by myself and all that stuff, and she was like, yeah, that sounds like you're depressed, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck yeah, dude, oh, for real. Um, but, um... Okay, so you gave me two dreams already, but off the top of my dome, Peasel, uh, yep. what was one of your biggest or most favorite dreams? Oh, uh, to be honest, go to space. Um, no, I, not I, your aspiration, but you like an actual crazy dream that you've had. Oh, go to space. Um, <laughs> so the craziest dream that I've ever had was me and an ex-lover. Uh, I don't attribute this ex-lover to any female in particular i think that it was more of a dream for me okay. um we dove through the milky way we dove through the andromeda galaxy uh and we hit the middle of stars um we felt the heat and exorbitant beauty of solar systems damn um we were dolphins in the cosmic ocean that is the that's hot as shit that is it was, you know what? That is the only dream I'll say on this podcast. I'm not ready to talk about. We might have to have a whole podcast about that. Really? Anyone, anyone who's listening who wants to talk about a uh, super hot dolphin space sex, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that that one was so personal to me that like, yeah, you said very, enough. It's very hard to talk about. Very, uh, yeah, very coach dream I've ever had. Very kosher. All right. Next one. Let's um, go. the time you laugh the hardest, and I'm definitely stealing this one from my boy Pete Holmes podcast. But a shout out to Pete Holmes podcast for real. Shout out. Uh, let's see. The time I laugh the hardest. Uh, it's probably pl- being in eighth grade playing rock band with my homies. You know we smoked weed for the first couple times we were hanging out playing rock band talking about hot girls and blah 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 re- without realizing that we were eighth graders and <laughs> yeah you no know, we we didn't know what the fuck was going on yeah so Been it there. was kind of the uh kind of the calm before the storm well what was the situation it was just like a fucking good old fucking general laugh about some dumb shit uh, so my dad was a trucker and was out of the house for about three months. My mother slept in the living room, so we had, like, a bunch of space between my dad and my, uh, my room that okay. we could hang out, laugh, joy, smoke weed, because my parents didn't care. Like, it was, it was a great time. It was, it was a personal party, if that makes any sense. I see, I see. Well, fucking A, Trevor, you did it again. God damn it. I didn't do anything. I was just sitting here with you, RT. No, not at all, dude. You're the fucking nah, man. This is, this is your show. It's <laughs> not mine. I um, I I do thank you a fucking ton. I, again, have to apologize for the postponement. Um, Obviously, we're going to fucking have to get you back on this shit ASAP to talk about your awesome dolphin sex stream. That I think. Hey, wait, hold on. It's gonna cost you a little bit of money. 
I'm just kidding. I'll tell you that shit for free. Oh, shit. That got me erect when you were saying all of those words. But, um, no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, I'm super stoked for that or whatever happens. Obviously, what we had planned to talk about today almost didn't even come up at all, which I'm totally fine with. I think this flowed supernatural, and I'm really stoked about the, um, non-directional format. I think I'm getting a little bit better at it, and I think you are the fucking perfect person to try to, you know, start running this kind of shit with. And so, yeah, I appreciate you a ton. And for sharing if, the podcast. Uh, Holy shit, you're a fucking man. If anyone has some positive words for RT, for his hosting style, please go ahead and post them. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, could use it. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be around forever, obviously. Uh, I have a limited lifespan, but uh, yeah, no, you should uh, throw some love to RT. Of because course, I you're think too he generous. This has been a, uh, it's been a great experience. If anything, you know what it feels like? I feel like RT invites me to chat with him for about an hour and then monetizes it. And I could love that no more <laughs> than I could ever. Because <laughs> it's great. So, yeah. You well, should, uh... your time is worth money. And so I think that we should be profiting off of it. And I do say we, but. For now, I it is just, off of it. it's the two cents I get for the ads that people don't life. listen to. <laughs> hey, uh, if anything, if anybody wants to profit off of this, uh, buy my book that I'm coming out with it in no shit. 10 years. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, no, it's, I'm going to write a horror <laughs> book in about 10 years. It'll be really good. And we'll put what the link for that in the description. <laughs> It'll be a futuristic link. You won't even be able to see it. Oh, fucking be 3D hologram shit. But, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, uh, y'all should uh subscribe to the RT podcast. Oh, stop so. it! Is there anything that you do want to shout out though, for real? I know I asked you this last time, and you said to donate. Okay, so I know I said donate last time, and I asked you all to donate to Humane Societies and everything like that. So I want to be serious for a second. Uh, something that I do take a lot of personal interest in is the humanitarian and rescue of animals. Mm -hmm. So I will ask everybody, if you do not want to subscribe, but you feel like donating, please donate to your local shelters. Mm. Uh, make sure that animals are safe. Uh, there's millions of us, but there's also millions of cats and dogs that don't have homes every year. So... Please donate to get cats and dogs food. Uh, you don't have to adopt them. I'd prefer if you did. You know, personal hint for me. Wink, wink. I don't, I don't know what I can do for you. But uh, yes, please donate to cats and dogs around the world. <laughs> um, oh, you're also, a fucking uh, genius. Something I'll throw out there just before we leave is yes. that uh, cats and dogs do not only exist in North America. They exist all around the world. So if you find something that you think might be too filled, there will always be a cat and dog shelter that needs help. Interesting. Uh, somewhere in the world. South Africa, North Africa, South Asia, North Asia, there, there will always be somebody who's willing to help animals. And I, I just ask that anybody who's willing donates to those who they have researched. Like to heavily imply that as well. Um there's a lot of scams, unfortunately, out there, but uh, there are a lot of good benefits uh, for dogs and cats and ferrets and everything 
All right, uh, enough of the fucking drafty anyway, shit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Georgia let's get crazy. No, um, dude, you're a fucking saint, a scholar, a fucking genius, and a hell of a fucking human being, and I'm so, so happy that you are my friend. If anything, this is just an excuse for me to be able to talk to my friends on a little bit more of a personal level, like we were Amen. talking about. It's hard to do with your guy friends, and this kind of gives me an opportunity to do that. Um... Obviously, not too many people actually want to do that, I'm realizing now, but uh, thank you Fuck for... Those people. <laughs> but yeah, you're the fucking best, dude, and let's you do this what? again. I will, uh, I'll, I'll always be down to come here and chat. Um, I do a lot of research for anyone that wants to hit me up with some, like, I don't know, Jotaro Kizumaki facts or any <laughs> weird facts that they want to hit me with. Like, go ahead, like, leave a comment, tell me what you want me to learn next, and, like, let's hit this shit. Uh, RT for real? RT will host podcasts, and I'll, I'll be here to fight against the fact that um, Dio should definitely have died in the uh, <laughs> second chapter of uh, Jotaro. Well, so. hopefully one day we'll have a fucking studio <laughs> that we can do podcasts in, and you'll just have a podcast with me or fucking your own podcast. Hey, I'll be your I'll be your anime solo host. I'll be the Shibi with a sword. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, fucking A, till next time, dude. You're the goddamn best. No, no, no. You're the best. Have a good night, RT. You too. Take it easy, brother.